This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. To our money lead drama unfolding on the floor of the House of Representatives right this moment as a vote is expected tonight on the debt ceiling compromise bill. CNN's Manu Raju joins us now live from Capitol Hill. Manu, tell us what's going on. That's right. This is the rule that must be approved by the House before the full House can consider the bill to suspend the debt limit until January 2025. Typically, these rules were essentially sets of parameters for the floor debate. Typically, they're approved along straight party lines. No members from the majority party vote against it. No members of the minority party vote for it. This is different. I mean, amid concerns from the far right of the House Republican Conference, Speaker McCarthy is struggling to get the votes on the just Republican votes alone in order to get this rule approved. If all members are voting, he needs 218 votes to get this approved. Right now, he has 187 votes. There are 29 Republican votes voting against it. He can only afford to lose no more than four Republican votes in order for any bill to be approved along straight party lines. At the moment, Democrats themselves are voting against it. That's what the direction from the Democratic leadership was to the rank and file to vote against it. Then, But there are 42 Democrats who have not yet voted. They're holding out their votes, and they're expected ultimately to give the Speaker the votes in order to get this rule approved. But it's very clear the Democrats are trying to make the Speaker sweat, try to extract potentially some concessions. We'll see if any deals are cut on the House floor. But at the moment, right now, the, the leadership does not, on the Republican side, does not have the votes to get this rule approved. Now, our, our colleagues within the chamber say the speaker is in the chamber. He looks pretty relaxed. He does expect this rule ultimately to get approved. But at the moment right now, it's going very slowly. 188 votes in the affirmative. That's not enough. 188 Republican votes, 29 Republican votes against it and counting. Five Republicans have not voted yet. We'll see what ultimately happens here, Jake. But if and when this rule is approved, that will be the first step before the full House votes tonight and to suspend the debt limit, pass this bill that it was negotiated with the White House, send it over to the Senate after weeks and weeks of negotiation, months of standoff between the two sides. But at the moment, drama playing on the floor as the Speaker trying to get this first part procedural vote approved, and right now it doesn't have the votes. Jack. And Mana, we're hearing uh, that some uh, members of the conservative House Freedom Caucus are threatening uh, to use the what's called a motion to vacate. Uh, basically, it just it allows uh, just one member to, to raise this as a, a move to oust McCarthy as speaker. They're threatening to use this uh, next week. Is, is that real? That is really an uncertain question, Jake, because as you mentioned, just one member can essentially call for this vote and they can't stop this vote from happening. And if the speaker is unable to limit defections to more than no more than four, if there are four or more who want him out as speaker, he's out as speaker, assuming all Democrats vote to remove him as well. 
the conservatives have not made a final decision about whether to go that route. But some of them are very angry about whether about the deal that was cut. They believe it didn't go far enough and are weighing whether or not to go that far. That is a discussion for another day. The question is whether the temperature will cool down a bit if this bill passes. And the big question tonight is how many Republicans ultimately vote for the underlying bill to raise the debt ceiling. The Speaker and his team want to have a majority of House Republicans to get behind it. The Speaker today told me he is confident he will get a majority of Republicans voting for it. Some of the folks on the far right, like Congressman Matt Gates, have warned that if it's under a majority of House Republicans, that's what could trigger the efforts to try to oust him from the speakership. So that vote, that threshold is key. And the question will be if this will, after this passes, if the the, the calculation changes on the far right of the conference. But at the moment right now, the speaker doesn't seem to concern about it. I asked him if this is going to, if this, his speaker, this makes his speaker any less secure. And he said, not at all. Yeah, they're, uh, they're four votes away now from that rule passing, 214. They just need four. Oh, uh, yeah, Jake, yeah. Uh, uh, now it's three, 215. Yeah, so as you can see, Jake, yeah, Democrats yeah. are now giving the votes to get this passed. This is what we expected. They were going to hold out until the very end here. And now Democrats breaking ranks. Unusual. These rules typically approved along straight party lines. But now 26 Democrats and counting. 27 now getting to that magic number. There it is. That's the first procedural. There it is, 218. They just hit the magic number for that's the first procedural vote. It looks like uh, Speaker McCarthy uh, is going to get that rule approved, and then we'll proceed uh, later tonight to uh, vote on the actual uh, legislation. Manu Raju uh, bringing us in real time the vote counting as as the vote casting, rather, on Capitol Hill. Thanks so much. Wednesday, 31 uh, May in the year of our Lord, 2023, historic day here in Capitol Hill. We just saw a total and complete humiliation. Uh, McCarthy had to answer the press in leaving the floor. Did he have to cut any deals with Hakeem Jeffries? A humiliation, I think there was, what, uh, 39 uh, people, folk, uh, Republicans, did not vote for the rule. He had to cut a deal with the uh, Democrats right there. Turn the control of the floor essentially over to Democrats Nancy Pelosi, in fact, I'm checking. I don't think it's ever for a vote this significant because this is the most important vote in this Congress, the 118th Congress. This is the big kahuna. Uh, no one's no speaker has ever lost control of the floor. He had to turn to Democrats to make it happen. Our guest of this afternoon, Anna Polina Luna, congressman from Florida. T- talk to us about this. The, the, this floor, I heard earlier today he had graves. Uh, going door to door to talk to some senior people about uh, getting them to go and, and, and vote. They knew they then they didn't have the votes and they didn't want to have to cut a deal with um, with um, Hakeem Jeffries. W- what did you hear? Um, you know, I have basically been a no since the beginning on this entire thing. So, so they I was they don't come <laughs> by your door. Yeah, I actually did not get approached. But you know, I just I think really what it shows is that the Republican Congress as a whole, we sent something out with the Limit Save Grow Act, and what we got back in these negotiations was nothing close to what was initially presented as an expectation to what would be potentially a solution for the debt crisis in this country. And so when you have as many members as you have, and exactly like you stated, it was upwards of, I believe, about 30-plus members that said, you know, we don't want this rule and we're not going to support this, I think that that shows that, you know, we want change and that if we continue down this path, which is exactly what we're seeing, it's a repetitive process, we have to break the cycle in order to bring that change. You're considered a, a rising star, and uh, but you're also a freshman, and and of course this place is very hierarchical. How do you how do you show up 
and just tell them right off the bat, hey, I've read this, and this is not good for the country. It's not good for my district. It's not good for my constituents. I'm a hard no. Tell me how that works. You know, when I ran for office, I only ran because I was so frustrated with the way that I saw the media, the establishment media engaging in this like massive disinformation campaign against the American people. And when I ran, I ran on my true convictions. So I wasn't doing polling. I wasn't just, you know, asking people what I should say to come across as more conservative. It's generally my belief. And so the other thing is, is that I'm not worried about being reelected and being a career politician. And I think that that brings a certain level of freedom because at the end of the day, if I'm not reelected in two years because people that elected me don't like the job that I did, at least I know that for the time that I was here, I made that time count. And what I'm finding is that the people that elected me and trusted me have faith in me now. And that's hard to do, especially when you're in office like this, because so many people are used to being lied to by their representatives, by politicians. And as you saw with the national media campaign on how fiscally responsible this uh, debt negotiation was, which we all know is false, um, there's a reason why people believe that. And so I guess it's just me not really caring because I don't work for these people up here. I represent people down there in Florida. And if I don't speak up, who's going to do it for them? You know, I, I am 34 years old. I'm about to have a kid. And I don't want my child growing up in a nation that's bankrupt. And that's exactly what's going to happen. For people that are watching this on Social Security, they kept saying on, on the national media, oh, this is great for seniors and it's going to protect your Social Security. Really? Your Social Security is going to be gone in the next 10 years because of bills like this, because of that $4 trillion. When, uh, when you saw the uh, – because you voted for that, you did vote for the first bill, which a lot of us were not enthusiastic about, but it got to 218, but it had a limit. It had $1.5 trillion, gave them the debt increase, but it had a one-year limit. When you saw over the weekend – because you're somebody who goes back and spends a lot of time with your constituents. Mm-hmm. When you saw the text of the bill, walk me through as you go through your first impressions as you actually read – what change from from the from the limit uh, save grow to what we have? So when we initially voted the yes, that was to get to the negotiating table, right? Because you had our entire, um, you know, the rhinos that exist in Senate basically working with Democrats to say that Republicans in the House will never get it done. We wanted to get our foot in the door because we were hearing that they were going to basically push a clean debt ceiling increase, which would have been catastrophic for this country. Um, but you know, when I got that language and it was a hundred pages and I sat down and I read it and it's not complicated reading. Okay. You sit there and you go through it. And then when I sat and down and discussed it with my colleagues and actually broke it down and you see that, you know, one of the biggest things that I think any Republican with a brain should say is, Hey, we should not be doing anything that helps green subsidies in the inflation reduction act. When you have funding that's not removed from a weaponized IRS that literally, I think it employs what still 80% of the IRS, those 87,000 IRS agents. I mean, that is literally what the Republican party parroted and and put out there and promised to the American people. So um, it pissed me off. And I don't really know how else to say that, you know, to come back to to come back here, not my home here, and to take time away from my family, because these people went back on their word, not just to us as a conference, but to the American people. I mean, I don't understand that because that's just not who I am. Talk about here about how straightforward people are as you as you dealt with them. Give it give it to us how, how it really is. I have so I try to stay positive because 
you know, at the end of the day, there are good people up here in Washington. And not everyone is terrible, but it is not uncommon, especially if you are fighting for something that people don't agree with you on, for them to try to gaslight you and tell you straight up to your face that you're wrong, even though you know that you're right, and even though there's actually parliamentary procedure saying that you're right. And I think that it really kind of just... And they will look you in the eye. They will look you in the eye, and they will lie to you. And, um, you know, we'll probably they get into it. They think you can be pushed around because you're a woman and you're a freshman? I think they think I was stupid. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, yeah, I, I'm serious. I think do, that they are think you, I'm stupid. Are you, one of the reasons our audience is so upset is they feel that people are treating them here stupid. In this bill, is that what angers you about they put these things forward that are just obviously nonsense and, and almost bald-faced lies? What angers? Because they think, they think you're stupid? What angers me is when they do it nationally and they use the media to do it because there's a lot of people and this job part of the reason why and i'm sure we'll get into the shift resolution and in, in here in a little bit but part of the reason why i'm doing what i'm doing is because i see a broken system and when i see people take advantage of trust and do that it angers me because i look at that as this is probably one of the most sacred jobs that you could have aside from bringing a supreme court justice in the country you're kind of you're you're basically guiding the legislation and impacting millions of people's lives based on what you do up here in the House chambers. And so to have that kind of shell game take place where they're not transparent, it bothers me. And I think that that's kind of why I've chosen to um, align myself with the people that I've aligned myself with. And it doesn't mean that I don't talk to people. I'm a very approachable person and I'm nice. But when I see BS, I'm going to call it out. And it doesn't necessarily probably make me the most liked person here, but I but did not, not get here, elected not to be liked. To, that's what, real quickly, we're going to go to break. But we had, you had a situation today. You're debating one of your colleagues. I think it was on Fox or somewhere. And they go, where do you get the $4 trillion number? And Anna Paulina Luna, <laughs> you've gone to well, the Well, yeah, so, I, so I'll, and I'll actually show this to the war room so you guys can see. But when we're talking about the $4 trillion that actually is responsible for the estimated number on spending that's going to come along with this, this bill, um, this was actually a number that was shared in conference. And I think it's important for people to be able to see this because of the fact that we didn't just make this number up. It literally came from the conference. Just is put it, it in your camera right there. Yeah. Can you guys so, see that? So that that was a presentation made to you as a as a member. As a member, and so this has a rough and you wrote estimate. that down four trillion. I right. took a picture of it, so it says estimated. You don't trust them. You don't trust them. <laughs> well, it says estimated Q four, Q one, Q two, all these spending levels, and then as you go into Q one of twenty twenty five, it's three point five trillion. But when they don't, when they have just a date and no caps, and there's no caps for spending yes. in the bills, and then they say, oh, we'll just rely on the appropriations process. No. Really? When has that ever worked every any other time? And it, never. That's another lie. Short commercial break. Florida Congressman Anna Polina Luna is here. We're going to talk about Shifty Shift, all of it, and her fight in the 118th Congress. Back in a moment. President Trump recently issued a warning from his home at Mar-a-Lago. And I want to quote this. Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be the greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. End quote. He did that in the interview that I had with him a couple weeks ago at his home. Now, there are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is there's one asset that has withstood famine, wars, and political and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times. That would be gold. Gold has been a hedge against chaos from time immemorial. 
and you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Let me repeat that. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. Just text Bannon to 989898 for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the entire process. Let me repeat that. Birch Gold professionals will hold your hand through this entire process. Now think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. It always has been. How much more time does the dollar actually have? Protect your savings with gold like I did. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text Bannon to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Text again, Bannon, to 989898. Remember, the best part is you don't pay a penny out of pocket to get this information and start the process. Do it today. Take action. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. So talk to us about your, your fear of um, this could get worse than four. I mean, and here's what I think is very uh, important for the audience. Anna Polina Luna is here. She's an Air Force vet. Um, you know, you took an attempt at this one time, came very, lost a fighter. You're authentic, you have courage, and you fight. That's the formula of what people are looking for. But to show you how the city is, when you saw it up in the thing, it's not like me. I would write it down. But they can say, no, Bannon, you wrote it down wrong. You're going to get a receipt. You're going to get a hard receipt. <laughs> Bring is, receipts. <laughs> is that how this city is? Yeah, you have to. And, and that's just something that I learned early on. You know, uh, I'm sure you saw the Washington Post hit piece on me. They thought I didn't have receipts, but I brought their receipts, and we all know how that worked out for them. Um, but, no, you have to. And I very, think, By the way, very rarely do they back off a story and actually reverse it. That, that shows you. <laughs> and that also shows you what a danger they think you are. Because oh, they came after you hard. You're over the target. They came after me so hard, and For I just... freshman? I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I was just like, you got... I mean, like, the stuff that they were saying was egregious. But the point is, is that you have to have receipts and back it up. And I think that that's just the name of the game in politics, is if you say something, make sure that you have the evidence to back it, because somewhere down the line, someone will find it. And the other thing is, is, you know, people, unfortunately, are not good for their words. So unless it's in writing... Here, one of the things they talk about the 1.5 to the 2.1 trillion and, you know, CBO and all this, and I, I made, I've made the point of the last couple of days, if they believed there was a penny in true cuts or savings, they would have no problem putting a cap. They went from your deal, which is 1.5 trillion or a year, whatever with it comes With an first, actual cap. With an actual cap to no cap, no cap in two years. I mean, it's obscene. And they had a date, which th- with the projected spending levels for that date – I believe it would put it over four trillion. Four you trillion th- was being conservative. You on do believe estimates. it could be worse than four trillion? Yes. And so, based on what I showed you guys earlier in the photo, um, those were shown to us in conference, and that was projected for Q1 of 2025. But the point is, is that they don't have a, a number to cap it at. And then ultimately, you know, um, Representative Massey had his plan, but his plan wasn't even left fully intact with what we had initially decided upon. So again, going back to when you vote on something, if it's not in the bill, it's not there. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't you, can't exist. Take, you can't take happy talk, which is yes. so much of what this bill is. Uh, talk to us about, before I pivot to the shifty shift, your constituents back in your home district, where are their heads right now about this spending, about the debt, about the economy, and about really codifying this bill tonight, this vote tonight, 
and that's why I say it's the most important bill in this session, in, in this Congress, is, um, is it codifies not just the increase in government for, for COVID, but also everything the Biden regime has done. Where, where, where are your constituents at? I have not gotten one positive phone call on increasing the debt ceiling. No not one's one like, yes. Not one yes. The hold phone on, hold, calls. Hold, hold, stop, stop, stop. You have not gotten this entire time. Not from my constituents, no. Not and we, one of your constituents correct. has called you and said vote yes. Correct. And we do ask for their addresses and for their names to confirm that they are constituents so that we can actually record it and say, you know, the, uh, the representative is listening to what you have to say. Not one positive vote yes on the debt ceiling. And also, too, people have actually written into the office saying that they appreciate what we're doing because of the fact that they have witnessed Congress's previously increase. Nothing happens. And you know what else is happening is we have an increase in inflation. And right now the economy is in the hole. And in addition to that, like I had mentioned earlier, if you are on Social Security, a lot of these uh, national messaging outlets were saying, if you don't rose, uh, vote to raise the right. debt ceiling, your Social Security is on the line. Guess what? I got news for you. Your Social Security is going to now be gone in 10 years, and I'm not the only person that thinks that. There's a lot smarter people than me that know that that's going to happen. It's going to be insolvent because of the runaway spending and the debt in this country. Your district's so key uh, in a key state for, for Republicans. Does leadership know that you've been over, you've had a huge amount of phone calls and not one Yes, because that information alone is pretty shocking. I, I make you my, think it would be worst case be 90-10 or some people would call up and say, you know, I we make, should do this because we're so afraid that the capital market is going to break down. I make my positions very publicly known and I've been very much so vocal about why I'm voting the way I'm uh, voting, what I found was wrong with the current um, – bill that they're going to be bringing to the floor this evening. And so I don't see how they could not see that. And I've also told people, you know, uh, respectfully, I'm going to have to disagree with you with thinking that this is great for the country because I'm representing an entire some, base. Some, some of your, some of your mm -hmm. colleagues. Yeah. And I, and I'll have the conversations, you know, I don't have to personally attack them, but like, I will sit there and debate with them and say, look, I, I just, here's where I'm at. This is what I represent. And I would argue that most people in this country, most working class people do not want this. And when they see that there's these massive payouts for these green subsidies, by the way, that help these Democrat super PAC donors that gave to the Biden elites. administration. Super elites. Super elites. I mean, like, you don't think that that's shady? But that's why they took away the – that's why they put it in the second year because they saw the CNN poll come in, 60 percent of the American people – only want to increase it with significant cuts. Forty-five percent of Democrats. They don't want the people to have a shot here. They don't want them to have a voice. That's why they're. That's why they're doing it two years, kick it down the road. That's why this vote's so important. And you're seeing in this vote with the nose the beginning of really the real MAGA Republican. I mean, this is the shift of the what the, these McCarthy and this group is the old rump of the old Republican Party that still hold on to power, but they don't represent the people. And you're seeing it in these districts that are overwhelmingly people are saying don't do this yet some are still going to do it well i think there's a lot of people too that typically like wouldn't be classified as maga that are going to be voting no this evening and we're seeing those names starting to come up on a lot of social media a lot of a lot of the florida delegation a lot of the texas delegation but like even which newer, are the heart of maga right now exactly right. but um even freshman members like rich mccormick um obviously andy ogles is a member of the freedom caucus and um eli crane we we love eli but you know there's other members that are coming forward that typically I don't think would, except for the fact that we know and understand and we cannot continue down this path. And I actually had a really, really good discussion with uh, one of my colleagues to the south of me. And he said, Anna, I've been here for the last 20 years. And he's like, the same thing happens. They vote to increase it and nothing changes. And he's like, I have grandkids. I don't want to do that anymore. And um, wow. I'm not going to. And he's voting wow. against it. And wow. I, I, 
for the, something like that, for someone who has a wisdom for being up here for so long, I'm, I think I'm in the right. They're still whipping votes right now. McCarthy's really hard, whipping this hard. So make sure you call 202-225-3121. Make sure your representative uh, knows about this. And particularly if you're in a red district, you tell them, hey, you vote yes on this. Eh, you know, I think you're probably going to have to be primary. So it's time to play hardball right now. Uh, let's talk about Schiff. You know, um, uh, how do I say this politely? You freshmen and female, you know, they get this thing. You, you should, you're supposed to be well-behaved. You come up here and I, people have to understand the courage of what you've done on this shift. Because in this whole city with the Durham and all the stuff going on, you're the one person that came out and said, hey, this guy has to be held accountable. And I'm going to research it and find out, and I, I'm going to hold him accountable for the inst- The institution has to hold him accountable. And if they're going to kick it down the road, then I'm going to take action. Walk us through this thing with Schiff, because first I think people thought it was a gimmick or a stunt, but it's deadly serious. Well, first of all, with the motion to expel him, that was brought forward because, one, if that was any one of us, if that was any Republican, you can bet that would have happened by now. Um, so what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If they're going to do it to us, then we should absolutely hold them to the same account. But the motion to censure and the fine is incredibly important because of the fact that you don't need a two-thirds vote for the motion to censure and a motion to fine. That's just a, a vote of 218. So tell so the audience I haven't caught this story yet. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell us what you've actually done about Shift, who's running right now, still in the House, but running for the Senate. Uh, tell us what you've done. So uh, the first week, well, now about three weeks ago, I did a motion to expel him from Congress. That's going to require a two-third vote. And then the following week, I found out that I could actually do a motion to censure and then also add a fine to that motion to censure, which, to my and understanding— a, And that's a majority vote. That's a majority vote. So that means the Republican conference would be able to do that. Now, the extent of which the fine has been done, that hasn't been done before, to my knowledge, in U.S. history. But we have the ability to do it. And it's a it's a check and balance mechanism because of the fact that he brought dishonor to the House of Representatives. And it is our job to police ourselves, right? So a lot of people say, well, and this has been an honest um debate that I've got back. Well, his speech, even though he lied, was protected under the speech and debate clause. However, what he did in having access as the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee going on national television and saying that he saw the smoking gun gaslighting the American people, his entire Democrat institution, and then also, in addition, costing the American taxpayer $32 million dollars, he absolutely needs to be held accountable, and that is the punitive action. And so um, the $16 million came from it being half the cost of what it cost to conduct the Durham report. And, you know, we didn't specify how those funds could be paid, but to my knowledge, he can make those payments out of a campaign account. And I think that he has about $24 million cash on hand right now in his Senate account. So I had a lot of people that were telling me that I shouldn't make this a privileged motion and bring it to the floor. And that is a protected motion, meaning that I will be able to make this and force this vote. And I would say that if you are saying that I shouldn't do that because you are worried about putting a Republican in a tough position... Tell me the name of one Republican that would vote to protect Adam Schiff in the House of Representatives. And if they do, then their constituents need to know it. But uh, this is about courage. There's a lot of the people up here that just want to go along to get along. And uh, they don't want this. They, they don't want to be exposed of not voting for this. This is why they want this to go away. This is why they want you just to go be a backbencher and be a, 
a nice, quiet freshman, correct? Correct. I think that this is something that's probably uncomfortable for them, and they also don't want to, quote-unquote, set the precedence. But we wouldn't be here if he was dealt with um, accordingly, initially, early on. And the fact is is that he did something very wrong. He ripped apart this he country. Knew, he knew it was wrong. He knew it was wrong. He ripped apart the country. He lied. There, he was, lied. No, there was no classified information that showed that. And, you know, you have the entire Republican conference right now talking about how they want to save American taxpayer dollars. Well, you can now save $16 million by bringing it back and finding Adam Schiff. If you think of everything the church committee had to go through to get the Senate intelligence and House intelligence, there was no oversight of, of, the, of the intelligence agencies until the 1970s, early 1980s, and have a guy like Schiff abuse that authority, abuse it, lie directly to the American people, and just keep this madness going on and hurt us geopolitically. Let's take a short commercial break. Anna Polina Lunas, we're going to try to keep you as long as we can. We understand you're going to have to scoot back over to we'll get into all that. Uh, she's currently nursing an injury. I think uh, Congressman uh, Norman from, uh, from South Carolina, one of the real hawks in this. In fact, he started this the first week of January. And he stood up in the conference and told Kevin McCarthy, hey, number one, we got to get the balanced budgets. No more happy talk. He'll join us next in the war room. Junk science. That's what the doctor called many of those fruit and vegetable supplements. Junk science because they use extracts of common produce department fruits and vegetables with few health benefits. Now look, I take Field of Greens because it's the whole organic fruit and vegetable, not a watered down supplement, and it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. I don't eat as healthy as I should. I got that. I know it. I own it. That's why I take Field of Greens. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy. And I mean way more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkout checkup when your doctor says, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com. That's fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Take action, action, action. Do that today. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Yes, I read the bill, my friends. It's a horrible bill, bad for America. I'm not voting for it. Of course, uh, the individual who kicked this all off was Congressman Ralph Norman of uh, South Carolina. And, and during that week of the change the direction of the country, in the first conference, he stood up and said, hey, he told McCarthy, he said, look, you voted for every big spending thing. This is, we got to get the balanced budget or the country's going to be destroyed financially and economically. Congressman Norman Joins now. My co-host, uh, I, it, it, she volunteered to co-host. She was going to scoot. She had enough of the war room. She was going to scoot. We ran out of cold water. You've been drinking cold water. You come in here. And you're on your. I th- <laughs> <laughs> um, she stuck around because you and she's a huge fan. But there's a great story here. Tell the story about your relationship with Congressman Norman. So I did not win my first race when I ran. And obviously, you know, when you get it through the primary and you're in the general, we worked hard and it was brutal. No one likes to win or to lose elections. 
And I was literally, I felt like I was in the Grinch, like wallowing in self-pity. And I get this card in the mail, and it was from Representative Ralph Norman. And he said, Anna, you know, you need to run again. I lost my first race, got back in, won. You can do it. You know, give it a try. And that is probably what planted the seed to get me started on thinking about running again. And it was Representative Ralph Norman. So I owe him a lot. <laughs> Congressman Norman, what did you see in uh, in Anna Paulina Luna back then uh, that uh, you felt it was worth her taking another shot at this? You needed her up here. Well, she was a uh, she's special because if you read her life story, Steve, she she doesn't quit. And when, you know, I remember talking when she first ran, uh, remember talking to some people and they said, well, she can't win. I said, well, why can't she win? Well, you know, the, the powers that be were against her. When she lost, I just said, we've got to get this girl in politics. She is a true success story. And it was just, um, you know, it was a no brainer to me. Um, she's a rarity and she's shown courage uh, in the face of a lot of adversity here on Capitol, uh, Capitol Hill, being a freshman, one, and then she just sticks in there. She does the right thing. She doesn't care what people think. And um, it's people like her <laughs> that will put this country, uh, you know, will put this country back on track. And uh, she's, uh, she's really, a, she's something else is all I can say. Well, Thanks, that's, Norman. <laughs> no, no, but you are. That's why I think people, I said authenticity, authenticity courage, and fight. Congressman, today you're on the Rules Committee. You talk about a humiliation. The, the McCarthy's up there, doesn't even have the votes, and has to go to Hakeem Jeffries and cut a deal to have Democrats come in to even get this uh, abomination to the floor for a general vote. You're on the Rules Committee. Walk us through. this. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, when, when, when those folks are running the deal, they don't need to kowtow to the Republicans and make things happen. What's going on here? This shows you a speakership that, quite frankly, I don't think has any earthly idea what they're doing. It's an embarrassment what happened today. Well, there's two, two meetings that are important, Steve, and, and Anna knows this. I'm on the Rules Committee, partly because, you know, what we did in January. And uh, Rules Committee is one of the most important, uh, you know, com committees that I know of. We know everything going through uh, that's going to be on the floor. And yesterday when uh, it came up, uh, and you got nine Republicans and you've got uh, four Democrats. And I told Tom Cole, I said, Tom, I'm going to vote against this in the Rules Committee, which would prevent it from going to the uh, to the floor. I said, well, fine. I, I mean, that's what I would like. I'll, I'll kill this bill any way I can. I don't really care. And um, so it was a one-vote one margin. If Thomas Massey had come on with us, it wouldn't have even had the vote today. Now, the vote you're talking about on the House floor, when I looked up and saw we were, uh, you know, the, we were, we were going to take this thing down uh, with Democrats. And then all of a sudden, uh, you had, I think we had 20 of our original members of what we did in January, uh, you know, vote no as we, this was not a hard call. And then the Democrats started flooding in. And to, to take it out and to put it, you know, on, you know, to make it, pass it forward so we can vote on tonight. And so they did bail him out. And it's really, Steve, an insult to have the Democrats who originally, when this bill was put before the Senate, the 218 was all Republicans. We didn't get any Democrats. Now, what's changed? They have got what they like in the bill. I get that. 
but what they did today was, uh, you know, was was bail a bill out. I, I wish they hadn't hadn't done that, but you know, it uh, it it showed well, they, how they, weak. Haven't they done it because this bill locks in everything that they've spent? It locks in all the Biden regime radical policy. It locks in the growth of government after COVID. I mean, this, the, the numbers they talk about, as you said, this is a garbage bill. It's all, they're all, there's a tissue of lies. It doesn't even stand up with even a modicum of scrutiny. That's why Democrats, Hakeem Jeffries and these guys want to get this to the floor. They want to vote this. This bill is their bill. That's why they did it. That's, to me, the humiliation. The humiliation is that everybody worked so hard to get to get this uh, majority. And if it hadn't been for you guys, it hadn't been for Anna Paulina Luna, it hadn't been for you, it hadn't been for the Magnificent Six, uh, in the 20, we, we would be nowhere. But look where we are just with that, and you just get bait and switched all the time. That's why I think constituents, you know, the, they're blowing the phone lines up. And they're blowing the phone lines up because they're tired of being treated as fools, sir. Well, and we're tired of, you know, it's easy to spend somebody else's money. And Anna knows this. I mean, the powers that be, you know, tell you you can't vote against a rule. You can't do this. You can't do that. And we're sick of it. And uh, $32 trillion in debt? No. We're going to, the, the message we had last night in caucus meeting was uh, they have, got, the leadership has got a chance to show themselves on appropriations. They've got to put the hammer down. We've got to have some conservative spending. Now, the votes show that we're building. I mean, we're just the beginning of what we're going to do. And Kevin said he was going to do that on appropriations. He can bring it up. They, but on this bill itself, Steve, there's no excuse for it. I mean, to give uh, the, this president carte blanche ability to raise the debt limit at any level to th- until 2025 is crazy. I don't know any Republican that would vote why they felt like they had to vote for it. And you'll see tonight, and as you, I think you mentioned earlier, any Republican that votes for this, that's in a, a closely, uh, it doesn't even have to be a red district. If, if it's a midline district where it's evenly split, they ought to look at this vote and see what they're doing to the American people. There's no excuse for it. I want to go back. Uh, uh, Congressman, remember you first, then we'll come to you. Mm-hmm. Because now the thing, they're, 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 the last couple hours, because they're panicking, they're whipping this. People should understand your calls, 202-225-3121. Call your representative now and give them the old what for. It's having a big impact. They, look, they whipped the rule vote and didn't get it. They needed to turn the floor over to the Democrats to pass it. That is shocking in its own right. Nancy Pelosi never would happen under her. Uh, people that knew what they were doing as speaker. The, um, but now this thing is, oh, we're going to get in appropriations. We're, that's where we're really going to take care of it. Uh, Congressman Norman, that, that's just a total uh, misrepresentation. That's not going to happen, is it? Well, uh, it may not, but they're going to get the same uh, publicity and the same revolt. And I would call this a revolt against this deal that was cut that should have never been cut. Uh, And I think that at least they will take notice of it. And we're going to watch every appropriations bill. If Kevin McCarthy doesn't uh, put the hammer down on the appropriators and have real genuine cuts to get this country back on track, uh, it's going to be problematic. And I t- this isn't a secret. I don't, I don't know whether you were there at the last of it, but, uh, you know, that's what I, I said. You got a chance at the, on the appropriations to really weigh in on it, and we'll see what he does. But they completely dropped the ball on this bill. There is no excuse for this bill, and, and to do this to the American people is not fair. 
And I, I also, too, think that it's pretty interesting that, you know, throughout this entire process, as Representative Norman just so eloquently stated, I mean, he's just going through the facts of what the bill is. It's not personal. This is a bad deal. You know, that's like, would if I was like, hey, Steve, loan me 10000 bucks, I'll pay you back 25 cents, would you do it? Really? Because like, that's what's happening. I just, I think that it's interesting because people are taking it personal now that we don't agree with it. But it's not just the 20 it's many more members. I think the number that I heard uh, recently on, on Fox, oh, it was around, maybe around 47 people in total are voting against this. And I think that that's just going to continue to increase. So. The, word, the word is could it get as high as 60, maybe even 70. Is that the beginning of, of the revolt that uh, Congressman Norman's talking about? Oh, I think you're seeing it now. I think you just saw it take place on the floor. But, yeah, absolutely. You say, you say this thing on the rules right here, the embarrassment that they put him through. Because they were going around gear, uh was it Graves? He was going around knocking on doors trying to get people to, to, to come there and vote, and they weren't going to do it. I think it's going to be tonight on the floor. You'll see how people really feel. And I think a lot of people I'm starting to see just on Twitter alone, people saying, like, I can't vote for this. It's not personal, but, like, this is just a bad deal. And, like, we'll continue to say when you read the bill, when you see what's in it, it's not good for the American people. It wasn't a part of our initial agreement and what we sent over to the Senate. And, by the way, can we just call it the Senate? Like, why doesn't the Senate do their job? Why do we have to do it for them, right, Norman? That's exactly right. And I tell you, people are sick and tired of, <laughs> we'll, we'll balance the budget next year, or we'll, um, the Senate won't pass it. Well, we're sick of that. Uh, we've heard that for I don't know how long. I mean, it, it's, not, it's now do or, do or die. And I think uh, the, those of us who are willing to, to speak up, and you're right, tonight, You'll see who really uh, who, who really is going to back up the conservatism. If there's a if there's a bone in their body that's conservative, they will vote against this stupid bill, and we'll see how it turns out. Are you and, are you, uh, all, are, you, are you also surprised by some of the names that come forward already? That 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 has has anybody surprised you that you've seen names come forward and they're saying, "Hey, I'm a no," given how supposedly close they are to McCarthy and leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, t- I Steve, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I am. And, you know, to I talked to Mike Walsh last night. Anna, he's, you know him. He's a great patriot. He's a no. And I asked him why. And he said, you know, the military is at its lowest ebb it's been in the history of his involvement. He's a colonel. He's been in the Army. Great patriot. And he's a no. He said, you know, uh, this just isn't right. And to hear him say that and to hear him say we can't fight a war, uh, right now means the priorities are missing, and it starts with where you the amount of money we're appropriating, and it starts with bills just like we're going to vote on tonight. So Mike kind of laid it out in, in military terms, but people are just sick of it. The, the status quo has not worked, but it's going to have to start to work, or uh, they're going to have consequences. Yeah, I was just going to say, there's a lot of vets. It's uh, McCormick, it's Waltz, it's myself, it's Wesley Hunt. I mean, a lot of people, including freshmen, Byron. Yeah, Yeah. people are are hard no on it. Hard no's. Hard no's. Uh, Nancy Mace was in here this morning. Hard no. Yeah. And she sent that Twitter streams. uh, Congressman Norman, can we keep you through the break? Can we keep you for one more segment? Can we keep you? My honor. Okay. Uh, we've We've got the man who started it all. Yeah, I remember you came in here the first. That was at the first week. You, you laid it down with McCarthy. You told him this was going to happen. You said, "Hey, we got to get this thing right." The financial. He says, "I'm a real estate. I'm a business guy. You can't keep running things like this." One thing I can tell you: your, your calls, this audience, your calls have been the deciding factor here. And it, if your congressman has come out in, in uh, by Twitter or putting a statement, call him and say, "Hey." 
thank you. Give them, give them an attaboy. This is what we need. The men and women are stepping up here. This is courage because the pressure, this is being whipped. Leadership just got humiliated on national TV on this rules thing. They're whipping this hard. When I say whipping, they're, they're you know, this thing's coming with it's the, a pressure campaign. It's a pressure campaign because <laughs> yeah. they're going to tell you what the, you know what you're going to have. You're not going to be in the committees. You're not going to get this. You're not going to get that. You're not going to get support. You know what it is, and they're putting a lot of pressure on you guys because this, this is the biggest vote McCarthy will have in his speakership outside of the speakers. And I actually say because of the future of the country and what's this doing? Un, uncapped, no cap for two years. If they believed that they were saving one penny in these cuts of the 1.5 or 2.1 trillion, they'd have a cap. They don't, they understand. It's all, not just ephemeral, it's a tissue of lies. And Ralph Norman told you exactly all about it on that little video here. Okay, short commercial break. Anna Paulina Luna, Congressman from Florida, Ralph Norman from the great state of South Carolina. Every day the parallel economy grows bigger and bigger. It's powered by everyday Americans who are sick and tired of all the woke propaganda being jammed into every product they consume. Big mobile companies are no different. For years, they have been dumping millions into leftist causes, and we had to take it because you need a cell phone and probably thought there was no alternative, but there is. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offering dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the best possible service in your area without the woke politics. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message that you support free speech, religious liberty, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your phone. Keep your number. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call the following number, 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R. IOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. Get the same dependable service and take a stand for your values. Make the switch today. Remember, stop giving your money to people that don't support your values. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. Arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Hello. I'm Steve Stern, CEO of FlagShirt.com, a third-generation, veteran-owned small business. I believe that the American way of life is for all of us. I'm asking you today to visit FlagShirt.com. Help keep the American dream alive. Be a flag waver. Carry a nation's heritage. Use coupon code ACTION10 for 10% off site-wide and buy a flag shirt today. Action, action, action. Uh, welcome back. Uh, Congressman Norman, uh, in the first segment today, uh, Anna Paulina Luna, the congressman from Florida, told us in her, uh, with this whole heated firestorm in her district, not one call came in from those folks in her district 
that said vote for this bill. What's the sense uh, of uh, folks in South Carolina? Same thing here. Uh, you know, people are sick of what's going on. All you have to do is pick out here one segment of this bill, one part of the bill that they think is, is crazy. They want conservatism, and they don't want it just talked about. They want it in action, and this proved that. But mine is the same. My reaction that I have uh, is the same as, as Anna's, and the ones that are negative are all from states, California. It's amazing the New York yeah. calls I get. They're not our constituents. And um, it's laughable, what, really. Uh, I mean, what should people look for tonight, Anna? What, what should people look for? They're going to have a debate for an hour, and then you're going to vote. What should people look for? I think that you just start tune into C-SPAN and start watching those numbers on the Republicans that are voting no on it. I think that that'll tell you kind of where we're at in a conference that, you know, um, the the messaging corporate machine that has invested interest in getting this passed, they're going to say that it's all positive. But, you know, usually when you have like the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, and then, you know, the conservative, <clears throat> quote unquote, leaning outlets all on the same page, it's usually BS. And so I think when you see those names pop up, just, you know, um, understand that those are the people that read through it and are very serious about wanting to stop the run off the cliff that we're seeing with our spending. How can leadership, Congressman Norman, how can leadership go forward with this humiliation today on the floor? And then if you have 40, 50, 60, 70 um, folks vote against this, vote no on the most important bill, and they got to depend upon 60, 70 Democrats to get it passed, how can leadership continue on? That, that, this has never happened before. You don't see speakers of the House that know what they're doing having to go – not talking about a marginal bill. I'm talking about the most important thing that will come before us in this Congress is this bill because it sets the direction of the country for decades. So, so how, can, how can leadership go on if they've got to depend upon Hakeem Jeffries to be their coalition partner? Well, they really can't. I mean what, what the Democrats are going to demand is payment in some form or another. And, uh, you know, it's – but – what what leadership I hope realizes is that smoke and mirrors don't work anymore. Uh, you know you've got to deliver, and they can start with you know on the, the appropriations as I mentioned. But uh, if they don't get the message on this, it's going to be a tough next two years for the Republicans. They can't you can't depend on Democrats. They're they're from a different planet when it comes to the budget, when it comes to their policies. Uh, there's so many little Nancy Pelosi's running around that have her worldview, and it just doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work. So I think, um, you know, the numbers are going to, as Anna said, watch the numbers. If it's 55 or greater, and I think it will, that's going to send a, a, a very strong message. Because this thing was whipped. Your thoughts about that? Can What about leadership? Can they go forward if they have to on a bill of such uh, importance? You know, ma- magnified importance about the direction of the country, and as you said, could be six, seven trillion dollars that we're giving them. Uh, but can they go forward? How do they go forward with the depending when they're in partnership with Hakeem Jeffries and not in partnership with you? Well, I think that that's why there's such a strong whipping operation taking place because obviously, you know, the whole angle was is that they were trying to convince the American people that this was great for them, and then you had the Biden Harris administration post a tweet saying that this was a great bipartisan win. Which, by the way, there's nothing that Biden does that's bipartisan. Okay, maybe his you know shelling of cash to his family, but that's about it. So I mean, like the the whole thing is just a complete farce. And so I think that, you know, when you see what's happening, I think that it sends a strong
strong message that, you know, the conference isn't how it was. I think that a lot of changes occurred in the beginning of this year. Um, kudos to Representative Norman and some of the members of the Freedom Caucus that actually helped to negotiate so that we have voices and that we can partake in the process. And you're seeing that all play out still even today. This, this is the revolt. Congressman Norman, how do people follow you? Where do they follow you tonight, particularly? This thing's going to get... Uh it's going to be very interesting. Like you said, if it hits 55 or above, they get a big problem. So uh, how do people follow you, sir? RepRalphNorman.com. That's all they have to sir, do. Sir, thank you very much. By the way, I'm, I'm telling folks right now, the next time I have to be out, <laughs> Congressman Norman and, and Anna Polina Luna, Congressman Luna have already, already committed. You're going to co-host the show <laughs> live from the war room. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you guys, I'm going to make you stick to that. Be our we're biggest gonna, we're love ever. it. Congressman Norman, it, thank you. Thank you, (laughs) sir. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your fight. And thank you for your leadership. I tell you, for for a first term, uh, you make the Air Force proud to make a first term uh, congressman to come up here as much as the pressure. People understand it gets nasty. It gets very nasty and very ugly. They'll look to you and look in your eye, lie to your face. But more importantly, the pressure they put on you and they're whipping this thing hard right now. They, They know they got a huge problem. So that's what, what social media, how, we, how do we follow you? Uh, follow me on my personal at Real Anna Paulina or official at Rep Luna. I've, the, the, the Real Anna Paulina gets a little spicy at times, right? You're coming, <laughs> a, little, you're coming a little hot with your unexpurgated views. <laughs> yeah, that's my personal account. So that one's the okay. unofficial side. <laughs> we'll let you hobble. By the way, congratulations <laughs> on you. the baby. How, that's been okay so far? Yeah, it's been good. I managed to best kept secret in Washington for about six months, so. Fantastic. We have a loyal team. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for coming. Okay, next we're going to take a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have Jim Banks uh, from Indiana. Congressman Banks is a no. He's also running for the Senate. We're going to get a full update of that. And, of course, an audience favorite, Congressman Tim Burchett from uh, Tennessee, who is – we love this guy. He's going to be in and give us his – give it to us with the bark on us. Short commercial break. Be back in the war room for the second hour in the run-up to the big vote today. We'll do a little pregame. Next in the war room. Everything's just beginning, but the games you want to play. Bring it on and I will fight to the end, just watch and see. It's all started, everything's begun, and you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that. Because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit JaceMedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, JaceMedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. 
Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.